0: What's up, everybody? Good morning. Glad to see you on this Tuesday. The only Tuesday, wow. It feels like it should be later than that. But uh, good to see you nonetheless. By the way, if you care about this kind of thing, the Washington football team announced that they will announce their new team name next month. So I- I'll give the NFL credit, man. They really know how to t- create news cycles out of nothing. So for at least a little while today, people are going to be talking about the announcement of an announcement that is coming in four weeks. Love it. You gotta love it. PR 101 right there. Create two new cycles out of one announcement. Anyway, we're not talking about that today, though. My name is Michael Borky, and I'm really glad to see you guys. We're talking uh, transfer portal. Well, two particular players in the transfer portal. Caleb Williams, the superstar. Well, he's a superstar because of potential, not so much because of production just yet. I mean, he had a really good freshman season, but I think the ceiling is much higher than what you saw. Either way, uh, Caleb Williams is now in the transfer portal. Most people think he's going to USC. Uh, it was reported that he was still considering going to Oklahoma, and uh, that ship is sailed because Dylan Gabriel is going to Oklahoma. So we know... We know that that's not going to be one of his destinations. He hits the portal, and that's causing a ripple effect in college football. A couple of examples. First of all, just the fact that Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yes, they've had coaching change and all that, can't hang on to an elite-level quarterback. And two, if he does go to USC, USC started a... Freshman this year who was really good in Jackson Dart. Where does he go? And then when he goes somewhere, what happens to so the quarterbacks there? And now that Dylan Gabriel's out of UCLA, is that a destination? Or is DTR coming back for UCLA? It's just a ripple effect that will come from this. And then also the reaction. The reaction that I saw from some people on Caleb Williams hitting the portal and Dylan Gabriel decommitting from UCLA and and going to Oklahoma has caused some people to do the whole oh this is terrible for college football thing and I I just don't get that feeling so we'll talk about that and then John Rice Plumlee uh, the face of Ole Miss football despite not playing really all that much uh, has hit the portal most people think he is off to UCF to play for Gus Malzahn where he will likely get to play quarterback which apparently is something that is very important to him. Some of the fan reaction, though, that I saw yesterday that we received on the radio show, I thought was a little bizarre. So we'll talk about that as well. And then Big Ben's final game. But I, I have a, a college football angle to that that I want to talk about as well. So all of that coming your way this morning. Uh, real quick, though, I want to remind you that if you're watching on Twitter, you can't comment. So you want to be like David. You can't comment if you're on Twitter. So hop on over to YouTube. Michael Borkey on YouTube. Find me there or Facebook. Uh, as well you can follow on twitter if you want but if you want to be a part of it like david is here uh youtube subscribe to the youtube channel it is free it doesn't cost you anything i still get those questions sometimes youtube subscriptions are free it doesn't cost you a dime uh so subscribe to the youtube channel and uh, we're gonna get your podcasts my name or mike in the morning should turn up results and subscribe and if you feel like it leave a rating and a review. And if you actually like what what you see here, like the video. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, actually like you know, click on the like button as well. That would help me a lot. Because David commented about Plumlee, I'll actually start with that. I wanted to start with Caleb Williams, but I I guess you know, using the the local story would probably be better. Lead with your best stuff, right? Well, people around here care about John Rice Plumlee more than they do Caleb Williams, I suppose. So we'll start there. Uh, John Rice Plumley hit the transfer portal yesterday in five separate goodbye messages. Uh, five separate goodbye messages uh, is how Plumley announced that he was leaving you know, Ole Miss football and obviously baseball as well. And almost immediately after the announcement, Gus Malzahn did the you know how every coach has like their recruiting thing, uh, whether it's like. Uh, Spurs up, got our guy, or boom, or whatever it is. You know, uh, Gus Malzon did his almost immediately after yesterday. Could have been about something else, I guess, but you know, I put those two things together that may not actually be together. I think that Gus Malzahn was talking about Plumlee. Either way, he hits the portal, and um, I mean, it's a, it's a very easily understandable decision because let's be honest for a second here. If he wants to play quarterback, it was never going to happen at Ole Miss. Never. It wasn't going to happen. Lane Kiffin requires, yes, he he is notorious for altering his scheme to fit the personnel that he has. That's something he's very good at. Uh, at every stop, he's been able to do that. But they want to throw the football. That's what they want to do. Uh, they're very balanced. I mean, they led the SEC in rushing. You know, it, it, it's not like... They're, they're running the air raid. It's not like Mike Leach where they, he wants to throw it 65 times a game. But in, in order to really maximize what they want to do on offense, it's very clear that they need somebody that can be an effective passer to really do what he wants to do. And guys, uh, some people, I guess, just saw the second half of the 2019 LSU game and don't remember another snap of that season. Uh, where where Ole Miss was pathetic offensively in 2019. They were awful offensively in 2019, mostly because teams could focus in on the run because Ole Miss did not have a quarterback that was adequate in the passing game, and so they could stack the box, dare Ole Miss to beat you over the top, and they couldn't do it. Uh, That will not work under Lane Kiffin. It it was very clear that Plumlee was not going to play quarterback for Lane Kiffin. Uh, it, It was made clear last year obviously made clear this year and because of the portal hunting and because of when Corral goes down, it was it was Altmaier who flashed, really flashed in the Sugar Bowl. It was clear that quarterback was not in his future at Ole Miss. And honestly, wide receiver didn't appear to be at least heavy snaps in production because the thing is, guys, he's a great athlete. And by the way, it sounds like I'm being critical. And you know, maybe I am, but when you handle the demotion, because he was the starter in 2019 new coach comes in and Matt Corral's the guy and plummy doesn't take any snaps. Uh, and then the position change kid handled it with absolute class. I mean, just handled it with class as ideal as you could handle a situation like this. He stuck it out for two years and now he's wanting to go somewhere. I assume to go play quarterback. And that's, Handled it as well as as a young person could possibly have handled it. Better than I would have handled it, uh, for sure. So it sounds like criticism. It it is not. This is just reality. Uh, Was not going to play quarterback at Ole Miss because the arm talent just isn't there. It just wasn't there. Uh, Can't beat defenses with his arm with any level of consistency, and that's not going to work for Lane Kiffin. And then the next layer is wide receiver. He's a very good athlete really good athlete but in the SEC they're all really good athletes and especially at wide receiver and you know you can criticize Lane Kippins recruiting all you want but even with Drummond and Sanders gone look at how they've recruited the position and look at how they've portal recruited the position uh, I mean they, they've got Jalen Knox from Missouri who's a 500 yard receiver in 2020 for Missouri. Uh, They're bringing in this guy from Louisville who is an effective college wide receiver. You still have Mingo on the roster. You signed a couple of four stars in last year's recruiting class. They're probably going to get a former five-star wide receiver that was at LSU from Jackson. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast in the SEC is – they're signing high-level wide receivers, guys that have done it their entire lives, guys that run better routes, that that are uh, more polished. And so you can get buried really quickly if that's not something you work on. You know, that's when it's not something that you spend the entire year working on and that's not something you naturally do, it's very easy to get buried in a depth chart at wide receiver at a place like Ole Miss where they get really good wide receivers all the time, like Ole Miss next year w- will very likely have Mingo, Jalen Knox. I mean, Deion Smith, you have the guys they recruited last year. Uh, it, I mean, they're, they're going to have a receiver room filled with four stars and a five star. It's hard to crack that rotation if that's not what you naturally do. And with size and route running and stuff, you're a little limited. So I understand. It's a good decision. He handled everything with complete class. He represented your school well, all that. Um, See him off and wish him well. Some of the fan reaction that I saw is hard to believe. We had somebody text our radio show yesterday saying that Gus will turn him into a Heisman contender. Uh, A friend sent me a link last night to a Facebook group and told me to read the comments. Uh, There are people... Uh, Real human beings, unless this is all bots on Facebook, real human beings that think that Lane Kiffin didn't like him, and that's the only reason why he didn't play. And things like, it's a shame what Lane Kiffin did to him. Stuff like that. A lot of people, as I've learned, have that mindset, that it's a shame what Lane Kiffin did to him. And the only explanation for him not playing is that he doesn't like him and stuff like that. Uh, I understand the the connection that some Ole Miss fans have to him. I mean, he's from Mississippi. Um, he's a, a really good athlete in a really bad, bad 2019 season. He did have some bright spots where he ran uh, on the eventual national champion in the second half when they were down by four touchdowns. But, uh, he flashed, he's from Mississippi, he, he, a, a talented kid, all that. And so I get the fan connection to him and being sad that he's gone. But, man, some of the reaction is just not rooted in reality. I'm sorry. It, it, it's just not. Um, you can criticize Lane Kiffin for a handful of things uh, that has gone on since they they won the Egg Bowl. Um, you can. You You definitely can. This isn't one of those things. But I'm sorry. It's not the case. And some of the stuff that we heard on the radio show, uh, the the text that we got and the comments on this Facebook group that my friend sent me last night, um, it's not reality. He didn't play not because Kiffin didn't like him. It's because this is big boy football. It's the SEC. And if you are not good enough, you don't play. And it's very clear that Lane Kiffin, Jeff Lebby, and company – did not think he was good enough to play. Because if they did, he would. It's that simple. If they thought he was good enough, he would have played. And he didn't. And, and that's okay. He's going to go to UCF and, and probably do well. I mean, Gus's system is more conducive to his skill set than Lane Kiffin's. But some of these people, uh, it's a shame what Kiffin did. Kiffin didn't do anything to him. Nothing. It's this. It's just reality in big boy football. You you can't just play kids because they have a nice smile and are from your backyard, in the the pine belt. Okay, it's not how this goes. You play the best players. Um, it just it doesn't work like that. Not not when you're trying to win at the biggest level. Um, and you, John, you're right. Facebook is not reality, but those are real people, man. And and we heard from them on the show yesterday. Um I mean, people use the phrase Heisman contender. Um, and that's just not reality. So you, you wish him well and, and he's gonna be successful, whatever he chooses, because very clearly he's got a lot of good things going for him. He's a good a good athlete, good I mean he'll figure it out. But quarterback wasn't gonna happen under Lane Kiffin because the the ability's not there to play. In that system. And if you're going to make the position change, that's something you have to commit to full time. And even still, it might not be enough because of who an SEC team will bring in at wide receiver. It's, it's just that simple. But you're right. It, Facebook is not reality. And that and is true. But, man, it, you'd be surprised. Williams is playing baseball hurt his development. It, it certainly didn't help. It certainly didn't help. Uh, Corey says, good kid. Wish him the best wherever he goes. He deserves to find somewhere where he can get more playing time at whatever position he really wants to play. See, there, that and, and that's why I support the transfer portal. Another example, we talked about Makai Polk yesterday. I, this is why I like the transfer portal, because John Rice Plumlee went to Ole Miss to play for Matt Luke. Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez had a different vision for how to conduct offense than Lane Kiffin does, right? Completely different. I <laughs> couldn't be much, much more opposite, right? So he goes to Ole Miss to play for Matt Luke, and Rich Rodriguez is there, and they have a vision for him, but they get fired because they're not winning. And then in steps Lane Kiffin, who wants to do something completely different with the offense, leaving Plumlee in a situation that's not the best thing for him. So he should be able to improve his situation and go somewhere that will use him the way his skill set fits. And that's a play if, – if UCF is the destination – Gus Malzahn and, and the way he wants to use his quarterback is a much better fit for him. This is why I support the portal because I think you're right, Corey. He deserves that opportunity to go somewhere that will use him because it's not going to happen at Old Miss. I This is why I like the portal and I support it and I'm glad he's getting a chance to go somewhere that will use him because when Lane Kiffin got hired at Old Miss, his playing time at quarterback was over. It was done. It was over. So, he should be allowed to improve his situation. You only have five years now of eligibility in college. Go maximize it. I love the portal. Anyway, and, and it's um, just another example. Another example of why I love the portal. Lee says losing Snoop would be a much bigger loss. It would. It would. I think he's a really good back. He's a really good back. I think he's got the NFL in his future. Um, I am told for what it's worth that uh, you know, there, there is consideration of leaving, especially if, if they're able to get Zach Evans um, you'll have probably a, a similar division of carries next year, but I am also told that they are working hard to keep him, and there's some NIL stuff being worked on to, to keep him. So we'll see anyway. So there's that. I, I know fans have a connection uh, to to that particular player, and I understand why. But if you are using this as a reason to criticize Lane Kiffin, I think you're off. You have other legitimate reasons at the moment to criticize Lane Kiffin, even after your most successful regular season uh, since before my dad was born. But this is not one of them. This is big boy football. You can't just play a kid because of where he's from. You have to put the best players on the field. And this, this was not one of them and that's okay. He'll go to UCF and be really successful there, I think. And, um, anyway, anyway, Caleb Williams hits the portal. That's the big college football story of the day. Caleb Williams, Oklahoma's su- superstar, freshman quarterback who really flashed at times. I mean, really, really flashed at times. Um, He's really damn good. I mean, you cannot teach his size, his speed, his arm strength. I think he's going to end up being really special, but it's not going to be at Oklahoma. So out goes Lincoln Riley. In comes Brent Venables and Jeff Levy, and Caleb Williams decided to see you later. I expect it to be Southern Cal. I think it's pretty clear that's where he's going to end up, and unless... Uh, somebody comes in with a big, fat NIL deal, I suppose. I know there was some reporting yesterday that Georgia's putting together a big package, and they're the favorite, but that was the same guy that said that Dabo Sweeney is going to Oklahoma. So take that with a grain of salt. Either way, I think it's pretty obvious where he's going. I think he's going to go play for Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be, but I think that's where he's headed. Either way, it's definitely not going to be Oklahoma because Dylan Gabriel – has flipped his commitment. I think he was supposed to start classes today at UCLA. I think. Um, again, I could be wrong about that too, but somebody told me that yesterday and I'm just going to take their word for it. Um, so Dylan Gabriel's off to Oklahoma now because Caleb Williams is gone and we'll see what happens there. But Caleb Williams is definitely not going to return to Oklahoma if that is the case. But you got. With this news cycle yesterday, with Caleb Williams hitting the portal and all that, you got the the usual, oh my God, this is awful. College football is in a place. Oh, this is terrible. I mean, Dylan Gabriel flipping his transfer commitment. Oh, this is so bad for college football. And all I saw some of this. All Caleb Williams is doing is looking for a big NIL deal. And this is terrible for college football and all that. Is it bad, guys, that I have no emotional reaction to this whatsoever? I have none. I have no emotional reaction to this. This doesn't bother me. This doesn't excite me. I I have no emotional reaction to this whatsoever. Because here's the thing about Caleb Williams. When people say this is bad for college football, what do you mean? Because Caleb Williams will still be playing college football somewhere. He will. So I'm excited to watch him play because I think he's going to be a high-level quarterback, whether it's at Oklahoma or USC, hopefully not Georgia for the rest of us in the SEC, but um, I'm excited to watch him play. Him being at Oklahoma or USC doesn't affect me in any way, but more importantly to me, I have seen too many people criticize that possibility, if that's the case. That they're seeking out a major NIL deal. And that's what he wants. Oh, it's terrible. He's going to go to the place that offers him the most money. And that doesn't give me any emotional feeling whatsoever. Because quite simply, and I've made this argument before, forgive me for being repetitive, but uh, he's a legal adult. He's a legal adult. And I'm a legal adult. I'm older than him by about a decade. But. I We are both legal adults. We can vote, right? We can both serve in the military or legal adults. For me, if I didn't like the circumstances I was currently in or circumstances changed and somebody was offering me more money to do what I'm doing at a different place, I, I'm going to do that. I've got a family to take care of. Uh, have you guys seen the inflation rate? Things are getting more expensive, right? So, You and me and anybody else uh, would take a higher paying job if offered to us. We buy new houses, better houses in better school districts because we've got kids that we want to go uh, to to good schools. We buy new cars because our old one is not as good or we have the means to get a new one. We change jobs if one's going to pay us more. Uh, Did all of you marry the first person you've ever dated? Uh, No, I I don't think so. I didn't. Neither did my wife. We, you know, we landed on the best option. It just took us a little while to get there. Caleb Williams is simply only engaging in what everybody, every day, engages in. And it is slightly different because he's a football player and and not in his professional life. But I, I have... No emotional feeling whatsoever, because if, in fact, Caleb Williams is looking for the best NIL deal, he's only doing what I do. What what you do, if you're in pharmaceutical sales, this is the example I used in the radio show yesterday. If you're in pharmaceutical sales and a different company than your own offers you a 25 percent raise with five extra vacation days and your commission percentage is higher. You're gonna tell them no. You you wouldn't. So so why should you be mad that Caleb Williams is doing something that you would do? We don't know, and I don't know anything about his personal life. But what if Caleb Williams came from a family that didn't have a whole lot of money? He may have his family may be rich. I don't know. But but there are a lot of college football players that uh, unfortunately come from tough financial situations. Uh, I have heard story after story about where some of these kids come from, and it's pretty sad. So let's just pretend for a second that that's Caleb Williams. Well, why why should I stop him from doing something that will help his family? Or maybe he has a child. Or maybe he just wants to make more money because money drives and pays for everything. Why would I criticize Caleb Williams for doing something that I would do if I was in his position, that I would do right now if, if people wanted to hire me? I I would, first, I I like my job. I I would, one, I would go there first. Hey, um, you know, I I would like to stay here, but I I would like to get paid more because I've got a family I need to take care of. That's something that all of you would do. All of you would do. I mean, if if you're going to criticize it, never ask for a raise again. Never move to a new house. Never move to a different school district so your kids can have better schools. Never buy a new car. Because that's improving your circumstances. Caleb Williams is a legal adult. Why is it bad that he wants to improve his financial standing? I I can't bring myself to care that he's doing this. And what frustrates me, and I, I say this all the time, but what frustrates me is when you have sports media guy with four previous different stops or markets or jobs in his bio criticizing Caleb Williams for transferring. Why was it okay when you transferred jobs? Why was it okay for you to better your circumstances, but not him? I don't get it. I can't bring myself to care about this. They're only doing what all of us do. They're only doing what all of us do. And if you're going to criticize it, never negotiate your pay ever again. Don't buy a new house. You should just stick with the one you got. If it's not the best house, well, you should just improve it. Why do I keep repeating myself? Because I'm repeating myself. You don't have to watch this if you don't want to. Of course, as if anything, what happened to Corral at the Sugar Bowl should make people more in favor of the NIL stuff. These kids, adults, really put their bodies on the line. They should be able to get paid. Yes, sir. Corral could have easily had a worse injury. Could have, and never played again. Thankfully, he didn't, but the possibility is there. Should be able to get paid when he can. Yes, sir. Um... And, yeah, people are mad. I'd be sooner. People are mad that this is happening. I got a message this morning. It's going to take time for the true fan to adjust to this. Think what you want, but college football is on a very slippery path. What's slippery about this? And, yeah, I do repeat myself sometimes. I, I do it a lot. Sorry. It's going to keep happening, too. I like to repeat myself. This this is a valid point, John. I agree with all you say on this, but I think it blurs the lines of college versus pro sports. It does. It absolutely does. Um, The thing is, though, when people, uh, (laughs) I mean, we're we're talking about Oklahoma here, right? That's what we're talking about. Marcus Dupree signed with Oklahoma in the 80s? Read up on that recruitment and what a circus that was. And that was in what, 1986? 1986? 1986, I think. Right. Let me look that up. We're talking about Oklahoma here. The place that Marcus Dupree signed with out of high school in. So, he, no, he was picked in the 86 NFL draft. So, this was early 80s. He was a freshman in, in high school in 1978. So, 1982 is when he decided to sign with Oklahoma. Read about that recruitment and how much of a circus that was. It was a circus. Yeah, 82. Thank you, William. Yeah, 1982. It was a circus. And it's 2022. Things haven't changed in college football. Not really. Uh, They're more above board. They're more out in the open. Guys, I I know of a... (laughs) How should I put this? Uh, College football players have been for sale for a long time, a very long time. So if Caleb Williams is, in fact, for sale, this is no different than how college football has always been. It's just really it's been more secretive. It hadn't been out in the open. And I feel like there's probably more money now involved because it's so out in the open. You don't have to hide the transactions anymore. Like, nobody was getting a million dollars to go to Ohio State like Quinn Ewers was. But Ohio State players were getting money to go to Ohio State before NIL happened. Um, That's why I've always been on this. This isn't ruining or changing college football train. Because I I know how college football has always worked. Players have been for sale. I, I have been. It was a while ago, but I've been in a, in a car with a guy that was a high school recruit being recruited by good schools, neither of which were in Mississippi, for what it's worth, uh, or being recruited by good schools. And he was taking phone calls fielding offers. I heard it all fielding offers. I mean, and these weren't the best schools either, but yeah, boosters calling this kid, asking what it would take. I mean, I'm talking, this is 12 years ago, 13, no, 13 years ago. 13 years ago. And that's how college football was. And these weren't great programs either. This is kind of how it's always been. It's just now more out in the open. And the dollar figures, I, I'm not, I mean, the dollar figures are bigger. They they are bigger. Uh, but still, players have, not all players, but players have always been for sale. It's just instead of getting dad a new house and mom a new car, it's you have to endorse my product for $50,000 instead of us giving it to you via new car or new job that you never have to work, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of always been this way. Anyway, I just have no emotional reaction to this whatsoever. Uh, Caleb Williams is going to continue playing college football. Oklahoma is getting a good quarterback, not one as good as Caleb Williams, but Oklahoma is going to be fine. Uh, You can still only sign 25 players a year, and then if you lose some to transfer, you can add a few more in the class, but there's still – you can only have 85 guys on scholarship. So, oh, Alabama is going to get all the best players. They already do. But they always have anyway, and they can still only sign a certain amount. Georgia can still only sign a certain amount, right? Um, I just haven't seen the, the change that other people see. The games all happened this year, right? They were a lot of fun, weren't they? So what if the guys were making a little extra cash? Anyway. Uh, last thing, Big Ben had his final game last night. To tell you the truth, speaking of not having emotional reactions, I, I couldn't care less. Is that weird? Maybe I should. Maybe I should have sat here and had some tribute about this football legend or whatever, Super Bowl winner, all that. Ben Roethlisberger never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Mike Tomlin, man, Mike Tomlin's the best. But I don't know, guys. I, I didn't. I didn't care last night at all about seeing Big Ben do his wave to pittsburgh and i saw the picture this morning of i think it's his son i don't know is a, a small child bundled up because it was pittsburgh so uh holding their hand walking up the tunnel and stuff and that just didn't you know that didn't resonate with me i didn't get the feels like some people did seeing ben roethlisberger play his final game at pittsburgh but you know he did have a really good career and a really good run in pittsburgh but here's yeah his arm was shot Joseph. you're right i mean he's done he, he's done uh I, I saw somebody say, are we sure this is just Big Ben's final game in Pittsburgh? Or, or excuse me. They said, are we sure this is Big Ben's final game and not just his final game in Pittsburgh? He, he won't have any suitors, I don't believe. Uh, age is not just a number in sports, you know? It's a... Um, it's a real thing, and it caught up to him. He He's done. And... You know, end of an era in Pittsburgh and all that. So, to me, I'm more intrigued and interested, and I care more about what Pittsburgh does next. Um, I believe that Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral are going to be the first two quarterbacks taken off the board. I think Corral's going to test really well. uh, Because I see some mocks that have him falling down to the 20s and stuff. I I don't think that'll happen. I think he's going to test really well. And so will Pickett, and Pickett's going to interview really well. And I think those are going to be the first two guys taken. Most mocks and stuff that I see have those two guys being the first two taken in some order. And the ones that you should trust are the guys that have connections to, the, uh, to NFL people. That They don't make those mocks based on how they would draft. It's how they hear how other people are going to draft and what they think about these players and stuff like that. And it seems like those are uh, one and two, regardless of order or where they go. There are three places that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. That if I'm Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett, that I, I said this on the radio show yesterday. If I'm Matt Corral, I'm preparing extra hard for my interview with the Steelers. <laughs> when I have my individual workout in Pittsburgh, that's one that I'm focused on because that coach that roster, that culture, is where I would want to be if I were Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. There's two other ones, too, that I think will be looking for quarterbacks that I would spend extra time on, and it's New Orleans and Seattle. You've got other teams that will be looking. I mean, Washington will be looking for a quarterback. Maybe Carolina will be looking for a quarterback. Atlanta, probably, as well. Houston, because it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson's ever going to play there again. Maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like it. So there are other places looking for quarterbacks, too. But if I'm those two guys, Pittsburgh, I am preparing extra hard for that interview. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season 17 years in a row. Pittsburgh has not had a losing season. Uh, Think about that. It's a crazy run they've been on. And the roster is there. The culture is there. Them, New Orleans, and Seattle looks like Russell Wilson's moving on. That's what I'm focused or interested in is which of those guys gets to go to the Steelers? Which of those guys gets to go to New Orleans? Which of those guys gets to go to Seattle? Because those are places that I would want to play if I were them, and I would prepare extra hard if I were them. So anyway, um, thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Um, good stuff today, good, uh, good topics today. Tomorrow we'll probably, maybe have some news from Ole Miss on the defensive coordinator front. And this is, you want to talk about an offseason that that Lane Kiffin has to nail. It's this one. I mean, there, there's a chance he's replacing his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, his strength and conditioning coach, which, by the way, Nick Savage is the next SNC coach at Ole Miss, which is a good hire. Uh, but pivotal offseason for for Lane Kiffin. We'll probably talk about that sometime. But in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you guys for tuning in. And then we'll talk to you tomorrow morning.